You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the writer and director for the film Pig, Michael Sarnowski. for a truffle pig. Someone stole I don't understand. Tell me who you are. You made the right choice being out there in the woods. There's nothing here for you anymore. There's really nothing here for most of us. Buy yourself a new pig. What are you thinking? I remember every meal I ever cooked. I remember every person I ever served. You live your life for them, and they don't even see you. You don't even see yourself. All right, everybody, I'm being joined right now by the writer and director of the new film, Pig, Michael Sarnowski. Michael, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? It's great to meet you. Yeah, it's really great to meet you, too. And I'm sure you're doing great. Early word on your film is extremely positive from those who have seen it so far. Um, I know that not many people may be as familiar with you, though, this being your feature uh, length debut as a director. So tell us a little bit about... Uh, what your journey has been like so far up to making this film and where the idea for the movie came from because it's certainly a very unique uh, premise to say the least. Yeah, uh, my journey has been not all that exciting. I, I, was, <laughs> I was raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, I adore my family, but we weren't really cinephiles. And the idea, I, I always enjoyed filmmaking kind of as a hobby. Uh, but the idea that a career could be made of it seemed very far from my world. So I, I kind of just never even put, like, considered that. Um, yeah. So I really didn't start pursuing that seriously until after college um, and and even thinking that that was an option. Uh, so it was kind of a, it was a gradual, you know, I didn't really know anyone in the industry. So it was a very gradual process to get to the point where someone would actually read a script I wrote. Um, and part of that was based on, I, I had worked with Vanessa Block, uh, the producer on Pig. We actually went to college together and we worked on a documentary um, some years back about sexual violence in the Congo. Uh, and that was a really intense process and it ended up getting shortlisted for the Oscars. And then after that, that was kind of when, you know, we got management and people were like, okay, you're, we'll listen to something, give us a sentence. Um, and, and so then it was really just a process of trying to write something that felt personal enough that I wanted to direct it and that people would trust me to direct it, but also that was small enough that that was feasible as a first film. So 
um, you know, it was kind of a process to finally come up with this uh, script for Pig, which was kind of a combination of two things. It was just being fascinated by that that idea of this old man in the woods with his pig and the isolation and, and that world. And then the whole truffle industry that we're all kind of vaguely familiar with, but leaves a lot of room for creative exploration. And then being at a point in my life where um, I, I was able to take a step back from, uh, my, my father had passed away when I was a kid and seeing how that sort of grief and that loss had, had affected my family over the years and how now that we're much older, I mean, that was, oh, that was about 25 years ago that he passed away. So seeing how that had kind of changed how my entire family kind of interacted with the world and how they had structured the realities. Uh, that was kind of something I felt ready and interested in exploring. Um, so those, that kind of thematic side of things came into this truffle pig story um, and turned into the movie that you've seen. Nice. Well, one of the reactions that uh, everyone that I've spoken to, including myself, have used uh, when describing uh, this movie is surprised. Did you set out to make a surprising movie or was it something that you just simply discovered later and took an organic life of its own? Yeah, I, I didn't set out to make a surprising movie. I mean, I think we all became very aware along the way that that, you know, the, the structure of presenting it initially as kind of this almost film noir-esque, yeah. like there was this kind of revenge thriller cowboy coming to town mm -hmm. vibe, like that was always very intentional to enter the world through that and then to kind of use that genre to explore something else um I, I i didn't i didn't do it with the intention of just kind of pulling the rug out from under people but but i think that's kind of how it it ended up being um it, you know for me it was just more I, I had these characters and this world in my mind that i wanted to explore and it just kind of evolved that way um so yeah i mean you know i i'm happy to hear that the movie is hopefully pleasantly surprising hopefully not disappointing uh but but yeah i'm not i'm not my goal was not to trick people, but certainly to kind of play with genre expectations. Yeah, no, completely. And speaking of genre expectations, um, I do want to comment on there is one moment of violence in the film. I, I just want to ask, without getting into spoiler territory, its placement and significance, because it does seem very metaphorical to me uh, when I watch the film. And I, I know that we don't have like all day to go into some sort of a huge yeah. uh, stretch here, but... Um, it is something that also to the casting of Nicolas Cage, I think people have these preconceived notions, as you mentioned before, of what kind of a movie this might be. Was there ever a, a, a moment like in the writing process where you thought to yourself, okay, I'm setting out to make, the, like you said, this kind of a movie, but then where did that decision come to kind of take it in that, in that, like that other direction? Was it, Oh, was it always um, a split movie, if you will, between genres or? Yeah, it, it was always a split movie. Um, I It's a tricky one to talk about without getting into spoiler I know, territory. I know. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think you're talking about that kind of underground scene at, in sort yep. of the, uh, yeah. So the it, it, that, that scene was always kind of important because that is the moment when we kind of go both the most intense and strange and dark, but also it's the moment where the film kind of transitions. Yeah. And uh, yeah, using the kind of heightened aspect of that, but then to to dive into the more personal side was always very intentional. Um, and and it also, it, it's, it's also, I mean, a lot of it honestly comes from the character of Rob. Like he's been so isolated from society for so long and he's, he's and this came from my own personal experience was after you lose someone that's a big part of your life, you, you can enter this kind of dreamlike state where, where the real world seems very strange and you feel very kind of third person removed from it. 
And, and that sense of, you know, initially I think people might label that as like shock or something, but mm-hmm. I think that that sense of remove can, can really bake into how you interact with the world. So that scene was always very much that kind of turning point where like, we're at the deepest moment where like, he's, he's seeing this world is so dark and so strange and, and sort of illogical, but, but he's willing to kind of step into it and kind of identify himself and say, you know, I am this person and I am part of this world in order to get what he needs. And then that is kind of the conduit through which we also get to explore his character more deeply. Yeah. Um, so that was always a very, you know, intentional moment in, in the film. Um, and yeah, it is, it is very strange, but also kind of, you know, reintegrating yourself into the world is very strange. Hey there, I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. I know that anyone who has followed his career over these, you know, many decades knows that Nicolas Cage has the emotional depth to explore a character such as Rob, but it's not what he has become necessarily, let's say, known for over recent years. So when casting him in this role, I think that is like part of where like a lot of audience like expectation and surprise comes from, as mentioned before. Um, what did you see in Nicolas Cage that he could bring to this role? And clearly he did, because I think it's one of his best performances in years. Yeah, I mean, I had, you know, I had always thought Nick Cage was just an incredible actor. I mean, I think we all know that. Um, you know, he's he's done some interesting movies in recent years and uh, and and people, you know, associate him with kind of louder, more bombastic things. But but there's I mean, a real core of just professionalism and commitment to the craft that, that comes with him. And really, it was just when he was interested in the project, obviously, that was super exciting. And then sitting down with him and talking about it and realizing that he really understood the script and understood the character and wanted to do it as it was written. Uh, and was interested in that it, it just it was a no-brainer I mean it was just like okay this he's not trying to turn this into something else or like he's just was committed to it and it spoke to him and he brought a lot of his own personal stuff to it and it, it was not it didn't feel like a risk I mean it, the initial idea was kind of like oh this seems interesting is he gonna want to do this is this but but very quickly once we got talking about it it became clear that um 
yeah, as, as kind of surprising and risky as it seems, it actually made a, a ton of sense. And he just really understood the character and was very committed to it. Yeah, no, it, it definitely shows. Uh, like I said before, there's a lot of emotional complexity there that he's able to really capture. And I think it comes across beautifully well. I do have uh, two last very easy questions. One, have you seen the documentary The Truffle Hunters uh, from last year? So that I, I haven't. And oh, the, okay. <laughs> there was a weird thing. I, I'm very aware of it, but there was there was a weird thing where af, right after I finished the script and as honestly, as we were going into production, suddenly truffles became a thing. Like there was this book yeah. that got released called uh, The Truffle Underground. Literally the week before we started shooting, it got released. And I, honestly, I wish it had come out earlier because most of the research I did would have all been contained in that book, which would have been helpful. And then, uh, and then into the next year, that was when Truffle Hunters premiered. And I, I've heard it's beautiful and I'd like to see it, but I kind of, I, I removed myself from it and was almost afraid to watch it because I didn't want it to kind of shape what I thought of Pig or I didn't want to have regrets around like, oh man, I wish I had explored this thing. So I've been almost like a little anxious to watch it. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure once Pig stuff kind of dies down, I'll finally be removed enough to be able to settle down and enjoy it. Nice, nice. And my final question to you, um, in tying into the themes of the movie, what is the one thing that you care about more than anything in this world uh i mean it sounds very corny but my friends i mean i especially being someone from wisconsin who my you know my mom and my sister both still live back in wisconsin and i really didn't know that many people out in la um really like choosing a family that i could build out here with my friends and finding people that i cared about and cared about me uh and sort of building a, a life and a world out here in a city that was very different from where i grew up um my core group of friends have just kind of been my, my backbone in that way. Um, that's, I know everyone values their friends, but they're very important to me and I really love them. Well, I really appreciate that answer. The film is called Pig. It's being released by Neon on July 16th. And Michael, I, I know we only had a brief amount of time here today, but I hope that uh, people that are listening right now get a sense of who you are and they seek this movie out because it really is one of the best directorial debuts I've seen this year. Thank you so much, man. It's really great to meet you. Absolutely. Do you take care and have a good rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Michael Sarnoski about the new film Pig here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Pig is currently playing in theaters and streaming on VOD courtesy of Neon, and we highly recommend that you check it out. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. And Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, 
and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs.